0: Alright, well we uh yeah, we were communicating with uh, Dr. Tanya throughout the week and uh we got the the confirmation that she wouldn't come, it just wouldn't be the safest thing for her to do on Friday while Jen and I were in Waco, Texas. And uh so I thought to myself, I don't have anything prepared. Um <laughs> I thought to myself again, I was reading a bit, and um Jen looks over at me on the plane back. She goes, You gonna write your sermon? I was like, Yeah. <laughs> Calm down. We're still on vacation right now. So uh no, but we uh then we got home and we had three different pickups to do. We have six kids, and so you can't we've found that it's, it's not um, wise to drop six kids on a person or two people. Um, it's very uh, demeaning to that person. Very, they are very humbled after that experience. Uh, but, yeah, so we had to go do some picking up and stuff like this. And, um, and so we're, we're driving home. And I'm sure Jen shared this thought with me. <sighs> what did we do? What did we, we have six kids. Like, what are we doing? All right. Um, so we almost went back over to Tampa, <laughs> caught a flight back out. But we decided uh, it would be weird for the kids to wake up if we weren't there. So uh, we stuck around. Uh, but anyways, yeah, we had a good time. Uh, it was good. We were needing uh, to get away. And uh, if you have, if you all have children, you understand that feeling. Uh, there's those moments where you're like, "I need to leave now." All right. So we were in that time, and so we did. And so good stuff. We uh, have you guys ever heard of the band Johnny Swim? Yeah. Okay. Two of your hip. All right. Awesome. Well, if you haven't heard of it, uh, them they are they're just incredible. Has anybody heard of the Civil Wars? Okay, they're like them, but better and married. So, when they sing to each other, it's not weird. You're like, okay. So, uh, anyway, so we saw them in concert, and it was pretty awesome stuff. And, of course, we saw Chip and Joanna Gaines. And, uh, yeah, just let me tell you something. If you watch that show, Fixer Upper or whatever, it says nothing to do with my sermon. But, um they're just, they're genuine, man. They, they, you know, some people yelled out, they had a question and answer times, and people yelled out, like, hey, will you come to Austin for the book signing? And Chip was like, no. He's <laughs> like, no, like, we have a family, and that's like our first thing. And we've said from the very onset that we were going to make this, that at the end of this whole deal, that they were going to be together, that their kids were going to be uh, successful, and that, you know, they were going to put God first. And it was just good to hear that. And so, and it was good to enjoy some cupcakes from their bakery. I got some running to do on Monday. All right. So, uh, so I, um, I'm praying. Uh, I'm praying over this sermon. I'm like, first of all, I'm praying. I'm like, God, please, I need something, okay? Dr. Tanya, I'm a little mad at her. Don't record this. Uh, no. No, but she just couldn't come, and it, we, we understood that. And so, you know, I'm praying. I'm like, okay, God, what do you what do you want to say? You know, I mean, we got this whole series that's going on uh, uh, that was interrupted by Scott and Jack uh, rudely. But we had this series that's going on about, you know, the four steps of where we're headed as a, as a church. And, and I thought, you know, I'm not going to be able to unfold um the, the um, groups, the connect groups. I so said, there's no way. I just, there's a lot to this. So I want to be able to unfold those and articulate those well. And so I thought, okay, God, what do you want me to speak on? And and something that's been near and dear to my heart lately, as I've been taking this course, you guys might not know, I'm enrolled in Vineyard Institute, i um, taking a course called Spiritual Formation right now. And that the title in itself kind of freaked me out at first, right? Anybody else hear that? And you're like, what does that mean? okay. No, I'm the only one. okay, good. Um, so spiritual formation. I'll ask that again. does that like that title scare anybody like what are does it send a question mark like, what the heck does that mean? No, okay, two people. thank you, love you. all right. and so well for me, it did. I was just like, what is that? you know And so it's really crazy when I found out what it was. It was f- formation of your spirit. I didn't do well in school, okay? Uh, no, but here's what it is. We'll go over the definition specifically later, but uh, it's been on my heart that, man, we're on a journey together, and so I want to I talk about my role and your role in a functioning church and what does that look like, and so we're going to go over that today. Uh, and, and a thought, not a brilliant one, most likely came to me, and it said, "In order to function well, one must be well." Uh, it's pretty out. It's pretty like right there, like the class spiritual formation. I should have just known that, and I shouldn't have been afraid by that. But function to function well, you have to be well. Now, not perfect, but well. See, because here's what we like to do: if, if we're not perfect then we like to shut down and say God could not use us until we reach some level of perfection, um, which is completely backwards thinking. All right. And so hopefully as we go through today um, and we talk about what does it mean to be well, and uh, I want to pray real quick. God, you are so good. Uh, You know, you put stuff on our hearts and God, you give us opportunities to, uh, to share, and not just from up here, but in our daily lives, and we get to speak into other people's lives the truth of you. And God, this is all about you forming us into the image of Christ. And so, as I speak this morning, would you come in this place? You're here. Would you help us to recognize your presence? God, help us to be more like you when we leave this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. And so today we're going to talk about this more in depth as we uh, move on or we move forward. Uh, But today I want to just kind of dip our toes in this thing called spiritual formation. Um, And here's what the thought is. My continuing thought is we're pursuing Christ not for ourselves. And this is, in our culture that is self-centered and eye-driven, this uh, this might be an odd statement, that we are actually pursuing Christ for the benefit of others. Now, our salvation is found in Christ. It's held in Christ. But then think about it. Why would we continue to pursue Christ? Why would we try to live a good life? Why would we try to, uh, you know, in, in Matthew uh, 7, it talks about they'll be known by their fruit. Why would we try to have good fruit? Why do we try to do this? And it really boils down to this it's about others. And if you don't think that's right, well, look, let's look at the life of Jesus Christ. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. And if he is our role model, then we are here not to be served, but to serve, and to serve well. And in that, we can't be sick, and we can't be, and I'm not talking about physically sick, I'm talking about spiritually sick. We have to be well. We have to be on a pursuit where we are being changed into the likeness of Jesus Christ. And that is what spiritual formation is. And so if it's all about you, I have a clue for you. If your walk with Christ is all about you, you're not walking with Christ. And that's a harsh reality, but it is a reality. That if your focus is just on me and God, that is a terrible place to be because it is not following the example of Christ. Mulholland says in his book here, I'm going to read a couple passages, but this is just a quote. If you guys need a book to read that's stinking awesome, M. Robert Mulholland, Jr., uh, not to be mixed up with the 1980s, Richard Mulholland from the advertisements. Um, Invitation to a Journey. Man, I mean, he says in here, he says this, and I, I love this quote, there can be no wholeness in the image of Christ which is not incarnate in our relationships with others, both in the body of Christ and in the world. Let me read that again. There can be no wholeness in the image of Christ. That means no wholeness for us in the image of Christ, which is not incarnate, which is not seen in our relationships with others, both in the body of Christ and in the world. See, if we're not overflowing, then what are we doing? All right? Romans 15, 13 says it like this. Let me get there. It's good stuff, though. Romans 15, 13. The whole chapter, if you need to know, is talking about living to please others. Now, this is not in a negative context, okay? Not like, you know, because if you live to please others, what do you become to them? You become slaves to their opinions and what they're going to do, right? And then every tide, every turn that they say, you can't hold on because you're like, oh, well, he thinks this is not good, she didn't think that was good, and this and that, and we're not led by Christ, we're led by the opinion or popular opinion of people, all right? Romans 15, 13 is going to say this, no, it's not like that. It, it, here's the deal. You guys need to find encouragement and in hope in God's promises to be fulfilled, And it goes on, it says, accept one another. All right, that's in verse 7. Accept each other just as Christ has accepted you that God will be given the glory. Remember that Christ came as a servant to the Jews to show them, to show that God is true to the promises he made to their ancestors. He also came to the Gentiles that they might give glory to God for the mercies given to them. It says this, though, in 13, verse 13, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Here is the deal. And this is what I'm discovering is this. If you're not full, how can you possibly overflow? okay you are not to function as a sink that has this big drain at the bottom that whoa okay you're supposed to be filled and there's there's not this vortex of you know life that's being sucked out of you constantly you are supposed to be filled by the holy spirit so that you can have hope so that you can have peace so that you can trust in god and then out of that you have overflow And as a result of overflow, you see other people's lives impacted. To say it like this, as you're being formed into the image of Christ, you have to function in Christ's overflow. Christ only functioned out of overflow from the Father. That's what he did. He was whole. He was Christ. We are pursuing Christ and we want to be more like Him. Therefore, we have to spend time with the Father. It is not a magic formula that happens and one day you wake up and you are at this apex of your spirituality, that you are, in fact, Christ. It doesn't happen. That will never happen. If you thought that this was that kind of church, the exit sign's back there. All right, sorry to disappoint. Okay, it says this. This is just, I just thought it was awesome, all right? It's a process, right? We go through a process, just like physical growth. And what he's going to say in here, just bear with me as I read this, because the way that he wrote it was so nice that I couldn't possibly say it better. Spiritual growth is, in large measure, patterned on the nature of physical growth. We do not expect to put an infant into a crib at night, and in the morning find a child, an adolescent, or yet an adult. We expect that the infant will grow into maturity according to the processes that God has ordained for physical growth to wholeness. The same thing is true of our spiritual life. Yes, there are spurts of growth in our spiritual development. A few years ago, I had a boy, and then within a year, he became a man. He went through one of those adolescent growth spurts. He grew almost a foot. His voice dropped into a deep... Base, he began to shave, and his body began to fill out. He was, in fact, a different person. The same thing happens in our spiritual life. For a while, we live on a plateau of life and relationship with God. Then, one of those moments comes when we experience a growth spurt and find ourselves at a new level of life and relationship with God. We experience God in a new and different way. We see ourselves and life in a new perspective. Old things away, and new things take their place. But if we mistake such a growth spurt for all there is in spirituality, then we're not prepared for the long haul towards spiritual wholeness. We will tend to languish as we wait for another spurt to come along, or we will try to reproduce the setting in which the spurt took place, hoping to create another such experience. Here is the deal. What is that saying? Here's what it's saying. Stop trying to recreate these experiences that you've had in the past. See, God's got you on a journey. If it was just like it was 10 years ago, I'd be better off. That is rubbish. Because I guarantee if you look back 10 years ago and you really took a deep look, you'd say, Phew, man, look where I've come. Okay, how many of you guys have uh, seen kids where you saw them when you, they were six months old and then you didn't see them again until they were two? Okay, now their parents obviously have seen a difference, but let's break it down like this. They're a year old and then a year and a half old. Their parents see a difference, but not much. You walk in and you're like, dude, what the heck? This kid's running around. He's got hair. You're like, what is going on here? All right? And then so we think the same way, though, right? We think, man, Well, we, I'm just waiting for this growth spurt to happen. Here's what this, um, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to jack up his name. That's what I'm going to do right now. Francis Félion. I figure if I said it, he's a French person, so if I said it like that, it, it sounded good. Don't look his name up. It's going to be wrong, right? François Félion said this, God hides his work in the spiritual order as in the natural order under an unnoticeable sequence of events. The hidden work of God is a nurturing that prepares us for what appears to be a quantum leap forward. What we see as a quantum leap may actually be the smallest part of what's been going on for a long time a steady process of grace working far beyond our knowing and understanding to bring us to the point where we are ready for God to move us to the next level of spiritual awareness and a new depth of wholeness in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now think about that. That's encouraging because how many of you guys think, man, I stink? How many of you guys have been there? Not physically, okay? Okay. How many of you guys think that, though? I mean, something you've thought that, like, man, I suck at this thing called pursuing God, okay? God bless you without your hands up. That's awesome, all right? I need to talk to you later, all right? Um. <laughs> we'll talk, all right, okay? No, but look, it says this, spiritual formation is a process of being formed into the image of Christ. Put simply, I love this, it's this, loving God, loving people. That's exactly what spiritual formation is. And here is the key. It's letting go control. How many of you guys are control freaks? Just go ahead and, okay, you're like, I'm not, if you're that person, you're probably not going to raise your hand because I've kind of told you to. Okay? All right? And you're like, I ain't doing that, man. He ain't controlling me like that. I'm not one of his puppets. Okay? Um, But, yeah, we all have that. Some of us have it more than others, all right? But, man, how, those people that have it, like, way, they have a real hard time of letting God control anything, all right? And those people that are way chilled back have a real hard time about doing anything. So there's this balance here, right? And so, but we have to let our lives go. We have to let God form us. Think about this. If we try to control every step of what's going on in our lives, right, uh, we want to we do everything, what's that going to end in? And, and here's the other thing. We live in a culture, and America's not the only one, all right, but it's this mentality of immediate gratification that I went and ran twice. Why do I still have these things, okay? Why do I What? what's up? I'm still looking two and a half months pregnant. What's going on? Okay, I ran three miles. This, this should be falling off. Okay, but we have that mentality, right? And so we don't realize, and I've discovered more and more, and I know this before because I used to run a ton, was this. No, dude, if you want to be in shape, guess what you got to do? You got to work. And you can't say, oh, three miles. I ran three miles this week. I'm just dropping. You're not even going to recognize me by three weeks from now? No, it's not even close to true. All right? Put it in about 30 miles, we start losing pounds, okay? And it's the same with us, though, in our spiritual walk. I read a verse. My whole life should be changed. I said a prayer this morning. God, help me on this exam. The high schoolers over here know exactly what I'm talking about. God, help me. I didn't study. Lord, just, okay. It doesn't work like that. How College students, how's that worked out for you? Good, right? Anatomy and physiology. God, I need to know the whole side of this body. Help me now, Lord. No clue, okay. Half of it. Empty because you didn't study, you didn't put work into it. But we think for some reason, we think because we, we serve such a gracious God that He's gonna just automatically take us to this apex of our spirituality. It's just wrong, it's wrong thinking. Uh, I'd like to introduce you to the Bible, read about it, read in it where it says you got to work. Okay, this thing, you know, it isn't just a download and all of a sudden, oh, come to me, I have all the answers. Okay, it's not like that. All right, so here is the deal. We cannot be an instant culture. And once we make a commitment to Christ, if we can make a commitment to Christ, and what does a commitment mean? A commitment means a full lifestyle that is, is dedicated to Christ, then we have to be on this process of letting go continuously. And that's a hard process. How many of you in here are doers? You're doers. Like, you feel like, dude, if I'm sitting still, I am worthless. How many of you guys are in here like that? Okay. Okay. How many of you guys are um, what I'm calling beers? I know it's not a word. Okay. English majors. Calm down. How many of you are beers? Beers. Not beers. Rick, calm. Not even 12 o'clock yet. I mean... The fry, he's already picturing the fried chicken. Okay, listen. Jeez. Okay, so beers. <laughs> that does sound like beers. Okay. The more that I stressed it, the worse it got. All right. Okay. How many of you, you get the point. All right. All right. How many of you guys are O-duelers? No, okay. So here's the deal. Uh, how many of you are doers, though? You like doing. You seriously like doing. Okay. How many of you like just being? Just being, and you're like, okay. And and when I say this, like the other, the doers, they're the ones that they feel lazy, they feel useless if they're not like constantly in motion. Uh, the beers are the ones who prefer solitude to crowds. Okay, they're gonna grab a book and not go to a concert. All right. Um, and sometimes these these two, and if you're not one or the other, that's cool. Like, you don't have to, like, we're not doing a personality test this morning. Like, no, you're either here or here. It's black or white. Okay? You can be uh, in between there. My wife, if you guys know Jennifer the Beautiful, uh, she is uh, a, a, she's a beer. She is a cold beer. Okay? (laughs) And so she is, she, like, she just wants to read, and she wants, like, knowledge, and I want her to tell me all that she's reading about. And so she is, like, my, my cliff note for everything. And she's like, you need to read this book. I'm like, what's it about? And then I ask a couple more questions, and I don't have to read it. Um, <laughs> and then I'm more of a doer, okay? I'm a doer. I'm, I'm always moving. I'm moving, I'm grooving. and I, But what I found is that in my moving and grooving, sometimes I really stink at doing. Like I'm doing so much. Like I'm, you know, nothing's getting done. You know, three hours later, Jen comes in. She's like, what did you do? I was like, oh, man, I did, I really didn't do anything. I did a couple things here. A couple, you can't tell anything that I did. And so... But that's cool because that it, it takes all kinds is what I'm saying, all right? And so if you're a doer, if you're a beer, if you are a person that likes to just chill, that's fine. But there's going to be action involved at some point. If you're a doer and you're constantly in motion, there's got to be some solitude at some point. There's got to be some quiet, all right? And so, and Jesus was both, Right, He sought solitude so that he could be filled and overflow then. And in that overflow was when he was a doer and when he did. And so we've got to find this balance in our lives. And so uh, Matthew 4, 4 says, do not live on bread alone. Do not just be a doer, in other words, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We must reverse the thinking, and I've talked about this two weeks ago, doing and being. In our culture, in many cultures around the world, we get our being, okay, who we are from our doing. That's where our value comes from, from what we do. Some people are lost in retirement, all right? Why? Because they've done for so long. That's what they've become, all right? And that's what they have, that's what their identity was. So when they're retired, what does that mean? Where's my identity? And where should our identity always be found? In Christ. See, and that's part of this journey is this, that, that if we stop doing something, we, didn't, we don't become nothing. All right? I stopped teaching, therefore I'm worthless. I don't have a purpose. If I stopped pastoring, I would be worthless? No. No. All right? No, but your being is found, or your doing comes out of your being. Okay? That's the reverse. Okay? That this, we are able to do because we are in Christ. And so when we think about this, we don't need to make stuff up to do. We need to simply, and this is a very basic theological thing from the vineyard. Is this God's doing stuff? Join him in what he's doing. God is doing stuff? Join him in what he's doing. God, what are you doing? Listen. But if you think that you're going to go get this on the go, it's just not going to happen. One of the things I've been learning lately is this I used to listen to the Bible as I drove but I was very distracted because I'm a doer, right? So the Bible's on, but I'm like, oh, look at the down tree over there, and it's on chapter 8 now. I started on 3, you know, and I haven't, whoa, how did we get to 8, okay? I didn't get anything from that. So what I found for me is this. I've got to chill. We did this in Waco. (laughs) Can I tell this story, Jen? We did it in Waco and Jen was gonna punch me in the face. I thought we Jen, now Jen is she's type A. I'm gonna tell on her, okay? She's type A, she's boom, 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 boom. I'm more like, dude, let's go see a plan. What's that? Okay? And she's type A, she's pop, bop, pop. Bop. So we're in the middle of shopping out in Waco, and I'm like, let's just take three minutes and chill. Just in silence, not on our phones. We'll keep the car running so the AC she's giving me this look, you know, that I'm looking at like this. I'm like, (laughs) because I knew she was going to punch me. Um, But so, you know, three minutes, she's outside of the car waiting for me. But I wasn't moving. I waited for the timer to go off. No one's going to control me. Okay, no. Okay, so, just joking pay for that later. Um, Okay. so Yeah, I'm not. Okay. So really, we just need to join him, uh, and I'm going to finish up with this, Matthew 7. Check it out. It's good stuff. Right before this, like we talked about, a tree and its fruit, it talks about a tree is known by its fruit, but then it goes into this, and it says in verse 21 of... um, chapter 7, it says this. It says, Not everyone who calls my name, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter on Judgment Day. Many will say, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. And Jesus looks at them and says, but I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. So think about this. If It's it, There's a balance here. It's not about doing something religiously. It's about pursuing a relationship with the king. See, and when we do that, what we find is this, and we have to ask ourselves this question, is this. We have to say, who is writing my story? Who is writing my story? And it goes like this. Am I... Forging through life, writing at a pace that I was never intended to write at. Am I just bearing down on the next thing and missing everything that's going on around me? Or am I allowing God to write my story and I am just simply following what he wants me to do so that I can catch every detail of what's going on? If you guys have ever written or read a good book, right, talk about the descriptors. You ever wrote a book and you're like, dude, I'm there. Like you're reading this book and you're like, I'm there. Maybe you wrote, I don't don't know what you guys feel about the shack, but I'm reading that book and I'm like, I'm there. This dude can write. And so... Are we letting God write our story? And then are we joining him in what he's doing? Uh, Chip said this. Chip, Chip's funny. He's, uh, he's really deep, but he's hilarious, you know, one of these guys. And so he says this. He goes, go home, write your story. And he, he goes, you will see. I mean, both Jen and I, we're sitting there at the concert. We're crying. What are we doing, okay? We're on vacation. We're like, <laughs> I know, Ryan. You can't believe I was crying. Calm down. All right. And so... Ryan's over there with a surprise face. What else was new? Um, so we're sitting there though, and he says, "Go home, write your story, write down the details of your story, and you will see where God came down from heaven and intervened on your behalf. And so when we do that, we think, man, if if God's doing that, help me to be sensitive to that so that I know when I'm when I'm going through life that i'm I'm not going, oh, I can't wait till these kids are in college, because they're going to be there, and I'm going to be like, when did that happen, okay? And then Jen's going to be like, now it's just you. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> Better have the craft room done by then, okay. <laughs> oh, man, I know, I can be a pain. So. Um. So we ask these questions. You guys ever ask this, like, what's the meaning of life? I mean, seriously, like, seriously, like, you not like you were sitting there in the in the pose, you know, what is the meaning of life, brothers? Okay, philosophy one hundred one. Okay, uh, or you know, what's the meaning of life, or what are we really longing for? You know, or maybe you've asked some of the questions like. Why do I even wake up in the morning? Or you've asked other questions. You know, you might have said, well, if I'm pursuing Christ, who am I, what am I trying to do? You might have said, who is Christ? And some of you in this room feel estranged to Christ. You don't feel like you know Him at all. And I'm, t- I'm talking about some people in this room that have been involved in church for years don't know who Christ is because it's simple. We haven't taken the time to find out who he was. We haven't taken the time to pursue him and let him pursue us. We haven't taken the time to let him write our story. We've been too busy writing it for him. We've been saying, God, I'm going to form myself into your image, but I'm not going to let you do it at all. And so when we do that, what do we get? We get our story with a side of God instead of the story that we're a part of what God is doing and that we get to walk in the power of that. And so I want to encourage you this morning as we we leave here is this, that, that don't leave today if that's you saying, I just don't feel that God is near. Don't leave today if that's you. You're saying, I don't even know who Christ is, but I want to know who He is. If that's you that, that, that can't let go of things, that's holding on to bitterness from, from years ago, you are in fact impeding your relationship with Christ. You are in fact impeding other people's spiritual walks. That's not guilt. That's just real. So here's the deal. God came, gave his only son to deliver us from all that stuff. And so what we've got to say today is, okay, are we willing to do that? God, am I willing to, you know, you can have it all, Lord. Great when it's got that G and G stain that hits on, you can have it all, Lord. Okay, that's beautiful when the pad's there, but man, am I living it out? That's the question. And so what I want to do now is is this. I wrote this down. I'm just going to read it like I wrote. If you're here this morning and you're feeling stagnant in your relationship with God, you feel like you're lost in pursuit of Him, you're asking questions like, what is it to truly follow God? You're holding on to things that are crippling your relationship with God. I want to call you to action this morning. Here's what I know. We can sit here and we can have a pretty service. Okay? We can have a wicked awesome worship band. They killed it, didn't they? I ain't talking about myself. I'm talking about the band, dude. Murdered it. Good job. That was awesome. Seriously. Seriously. I just sit up there sometimes like, what in the world? This thing's on cruise control with these guys and gals. All right. And so, but I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, we can't just leave here. We can't just leave here and you know, sing, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. That that's good though, man. That was did anybody like I was feeling that, dude. All right. were you guys with me on that? But, man, what if we just left here with a tingle, though, and nothing happened? Man, we sang that chorus. I just got my Christmas goosebumps early. I mean, seriously, and that was the only thing you left with. You know? I think the enemy would say, (laughs) got him again, tricked him again to think something happened. Here's the deal. What are we doing when we leave here? Tomorrow morning, what are we doing? You know, and here's what I, people used to drive me crazy. You need to have a quiet time. You need to have a quiet, no, you do. The older I get, the, the more I'm seeing, dude, I need some quiet. I need some quiet. I need some time with God. I'm being challenged right now by this book. I have to sit there for 10 minutes and do nothing but recognize the presence of God. Nothing. No communication with God. Sit there and recognize the presence of God for 10 minutes in silence. I'm doing it. And what I'm finding out is God's, God's here right now in the midst of us, currently working on hearts right now, currently walking side by side on your journey. No, you're not perfect, and neither am I. No, James, you do not deserve grace, and neither do I. But he is walking beside you on a journey. He has lifted you up right where you're at, not so you can feel bad about yourself, but that you can be lifted up there with Christ and that you can become like him. That's what it's about. It's not about everything that you've done is covered by the blood of Christ, it's gone. Because God's looking at it, and you're up here thinking about it, and God's saying, what is he talking about? Literally, that's what God is saying. What is he talking about? And it's not just for you. It's for everyone in this room. When we dredge up the stuff of our past, and God is saying, what is that? What are you talking about? But we can't get that. And, again, it cripples our journey because we talk about the person that we've been instead of the person that we are in Christ and through Christ. I mean, is is one person excited about that in this place? I'm just serious. Like right now, I mean, I ain't looking for no fan club here, but for Lord's sake, I mean literally for God's sake, and for the people's sake around us, is anybody? Yeah? Are you guys amped? I'm I'm stinking excited. I'm still I'm not sold. You go yeah. <laughs> yes. Good grief, man. This never mind. I'm not even gonna go there. Seriously, though, let's get. Can we get excited? You know, I just, and I'm not, I would, I hate the whole, you know, are you going to watch the game later? I don't care if you're cheering for the Bucks, whatever. Here's the deal, man. What's going on in your heart? Who cares? You know, I could go to a Gator game, scream my head off. It wouldn't change my life. I can come here, scream my head off, and it doesn't change my life unless I'm going after it. Okay? So I don't want you guys doing backflips or anything, all right? But here's what I do want to do. These uh, connect cards, can we just be real for a second? These connect cards, let's get them in. We had like three of them last week. I'm not, must be the control people out there, not filling them out. Here's, just, will you just fill them in, say, what are some prayer needs? I cannot think of a week where I don't need something prayed for. Seriously, all right? All right? These, these offering envelopes, this is where you have an opportunity to give back to God and what he's doing. Here's the deal. When we do stuff at the church, this is, what, this is where it comes from. All right? When we do stuff, we're going to have an event, a community event in February. Gifts, man, seriously. That's where it is. That's where it comes from. And when you do that, fill those out. Drop them back off there. And the, there's toolboxes right there. Vanna White just came in. She's going to point to either one. No, okay. So she's right there, though. And so they're right there. I was waiting for the uh, sparkle sound. Okay. So, um, but they're back there. But I want to do this, though, before we leave. And I know I'm I'm just rambling. Okay. But I, I feel like it's very important. If that's you, if you feel like you're spiritually crippled right now, and you are just you're hitting a dead end road, would you be real for a second, and would you stand up? I know it's gonna t- it's uncomfortable, it's uncomfortable, but if that's you and you you're saying, man, I am so tired of where I'm at spiritually. I would just wonder if you'd stand up. It's gonna be crazy. I know is anybody gonna do it? No, I'm standing up, good, okay. I'm actually standing up like I would sit down if I like I'm tired of, you know, the game. And you say, okay, God, I want more of you. How many of you in this room would say that? And if that's you, I just want you to stand up. I mean, this isn't, you know, we're not looking around. All right? We don't need to. We got the video cameras for that. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. But seriously, if we're saying we want more of you and if you can't stand right now, that's cool. But here's the deal. God, come and move in this place. For those people that are just discontented with where they're at right now, God, would you meet them right where they are? And it's as simple as turning around and realizing that you are there pursuing us. God, would you help us to take five minutes this week, five minutes every day this week, and dedicate that time to you. It doesn't seem like much, God, but but help us to grow. Help us to see our journey on a wide-angle lens instead of a, a closed-in lens that just sees the part where we failed and focuses on that. God, help us to look back and see where you've carried us through situations. Help us to dwell on the things that are good, that you've done. As we pursue you more, God, help us to do just that. Help us to pursue you with all that we are. In Jesus' name, amen. See you guys. If you have children, I held them real long, so Jamie's probably going to fight me afterwards, but go get those kids. If you need prayer,